0: This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive.
1: You're
2: going to love this. Just love it. to the left of me Jokers is to the right oh you got that right
3: Whoa, the Whoa. Off the set,
2: that's those are scenes <laughs> Those are scenes not from uh, Occupy Wall Street. Those are scenes from a Republican presidential caucus over the weekend in St. Charles County, Missouri, uh, my old hometown of uh, St. Louis, uh, right across the river there. Uh, chaos, a raucous caucus, as it has now uh, come to be known, uh, broke out there in St. Charles, the largest county that was holding caucuses in Missouri over the weekend. Uh, It fell apart before it even began. Here is how... Oh, I should introduce myself, shouldn't I? Brad Friedman, you're listening uh, to The Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly citizen, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker... And all-around swell fellow, broadcasting live this afternoon from Los Angeles, beautiful 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, that's KPFK, also 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and, of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org and... The RadioOrNot.com network. Glad you could join us this afternoon. Uh, As I say, it was a ruckus caucus in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. St. Charles County, Missouri in this case. The very conservative uh, uh, district, very conservative county of St. Charles. Here is how uh, St. Louis Television, Fox 2, Explain what happened uh, this Saturday in St. Charles. Clip number two. Sorry about that.
1: Caucus caucus and has been making national news. Some think it is also making the St. Charles County Republican Party a laughingstock. Tom, Saturday's Republican caucus in St. Peter's turned into a political fire swamp. Now the video of the shoutdown has gone viral. And today the shouting
4: continues. I've been physically sick to my stomach. Um, I feel like my rights as a citizen were violated. I have the right to a fair election, and I was not given that right that day.
1: Like a lot of people, Catherine Dreyer went to Saturday morning's caucus excited about participating in the
2: democratic process, but she left feeling the victim of an autocratic process.
4: It was very clear that the uh, Central Committee came in with an agenda and that they were just going to keep going ahead with their agenda, regardless of what the people wanted. No! This shouldn't happen in America. This certainly shouldn't happen in St. Charles, and people should be angry about it.
2: People should be angry indeed, and people are angry indeed. We're going to be talking to uh, a couple of th- of the folks, one in particular, who participated in that uh, in that St. Charles caucus here momentarily, he was actually arrested, believe it or not, and we'll get into some of those details. Brent Stafford is going to be joining us shortly, as will Lori Bone from Athens, uh, Athens, Georgia, Clark County, Georgia, where a similar scene played out one week earlier. I'll explain that in a moment. Those who uh, follow me at brandblog.com, those who follow the broadcast here on KPFK, know that, you know, I'm not all that interested in the horse race, to be frank. Well, I'm interested, but you got other people covering it like everybody in the world. What you don't have are enough people covering the track conditions on which that horse race is being run and what we saw Saturday in uh, in St. Charles County, Missouri, what we have seen in other counties over the past few weeks, other states over the past few weeks suggests that the track conditions within the Republican Party itself are let's say muddy at Best. I was uh, speaking on RT television that's a Russian television the English language channel uh, satellite and cable TV channel yesterday about what happened in uh, in St. Charles and uh, indeed people were angry but uh, they had good reason to be angry as I explained in my appearance on RT last night.
5: Well, supporters of Republican presidential candidate Ron Paul feel like they're being ignored and they're getting angry about it. Take a look at the chaos that broke out at the Missouri caucuses yesterday. Well, here you see Paul supporters clashing with GOP officials. The organizers say Paul backers were being loud and obstructive. But Paul's crowds say they just want to be heard. And police there uh, ended up arresting two of the Paul supporters. So are they being, in fact, being disruptive? Or is this what they need to do in order to get their voices heard? Well, to try to find out what's really going on, investigative journalist and publisher of the Brad blog, Brad Friedman, joins me now from our New York studio. He has been following these events very closely. Uh, Nice to see you, Brad. So things got pretty heated there in Missouri. Um, Paul supporters, they feel like they're not getting a fair shot. Do you think that there's an effort to silence him or silence them rather?
2: Well, the fact is, they weren't getting a fair shot. Uh, this was not a matter of uh, Ron Paul supporters uh, r- making trouble. This was a matter of the party establishment there in St. Charles County, Missouri, actually trying to hijack this caucus, uh, putting in place some uh, rules that they're really not allowed to do, according to the uh, Republican Party rules. They, they, they started off this thing saying, well, we have to turn off all videos, all recording devices. Now there was Nothing in the rules about that whatsoever, and the Ron Paul folks know that uh, as soon as you shut down transparency, democracy goes away. And they were not happy about it. They spoke up as is their right in a caucus like this. They tried to follow the rules. In fact, uh, from my reporting and from the folks that I've talked to, and certainly from the videos that you can see at Bradblog.com. It wasn't the Ron Paul folks who were breaking the rules here. It was the GOP party establishment. And uh, happily, the Ron Paul folks stood up for themselves. It was good to see.
5: But then they get angry, and then it turns out that that, that they get demonized for, for causing trouble
2: well they get demonized yes but again that's not their fault that might be the media's fault the corporate media's fault for reporting it that way but the nice thing is we have the video we can see exactly what happened we can see the uh... the leader of the uh... uh, ron paul folks brent stafford being arrested by state police out in the parking lot after uh... they had shut down this caucus without holding their votes, without doing anything you can see when he was arrested, you can see that he was doing absolutely nothing when he was handcuffed and hauled away. And if uh, Ron Paul folks are uh, furious about this, frankly, they have every right to be. And I, I should also add, by the way, this is not an isolated incident, what happened out there in, uh, in St. Charles County, Missouri. We also saw it in Clay County, Missouri. We also saw it in Athens-Clark County, Georgia, just one week earlier i've got the video of that up at bradblog.com as well and again it was not a matter of uh, ron paul folks uh, causing trouble it was a matter of the party establishment who was running the delegate convention in that case it was a county delegate convention uh, basically shutting out what appeared to be the majority of people at that convention, completely ignoring Robert's Rules of Orders, the uh, parliamentary procedures they're supposed to use at these events, and basically railroading the entire process, shutting it down, and doing whatever they want to do, no matter what the, uh, the people there, the democracy that has gathered uh... what they wanted to express i i think uh, the paul folks have every right to be outraged about this and i'm glad they're speaking up to be frank I, I am glad they're speaking up to be frank uh... one of the folks who is speaking up uh... joins me right now uh... brent stafford he's a saint charles county paul supporter he uh... is also a member of the saint charles republican central committee out there in missouri and uh, if you go to bradblog.com, you can see the videotape of brent actually being arrested outside this caucus after things fell apart before it even began uh out in the parking lot outside the uh the library of this high school where the ca- where the uh where the caucus was being held uh brent stafford welcome sir to uh, the broadcast on kpfk thanks for having me uh, boy, uh, this is an incredible story. Uh, I think you were listening to the setup there. Uh, did we essentially get it right? Have I, have I told this story correctly? Are there big chunks that I seem to be missing? Is there something that can explain this madness that seems to be going on in the Democratic process inside the, uh, the, the, the Missouri Republican Party?
1: Well, yeah, you kind of give you know, gave the basic uh, gist of it. Uh, I guess, the one thing I'd say is when I got arrested, I wasn't just doing nothing; I was actually attempting to reconvene the meeting according to the rules but uh there was um quite a bit that happened before that uh that you know that mm-hmm. kind of led up to everything.
2: And let's go through some of those points, Brent. Uh, this, this thing got off, uh, on a bad foot right off the bat, uh, when the, uh, the, the central committee, a representative from the central committee explained this. Uh, it told everyone yeah. about 2,000 people in this gymnasium that there would be no recording devices allowed.
1: Yeah, he basically, uh, the, they had a, the, the GOP central committee's job is to get a location and, uh, you know, put the uh, location in the newspaper 15 days in advance and, uh, and to, uh, you know, uh, run a registration check in, you know, so the people, you they basically look at your, your ID and you make sure that you're on the, uh, on the voter logs and, uh, you know, and then you're, you know, you're allowed to, to participate. And in our county, we have two separate, uh, we have two different congressional districts that are in our county. Mm-hmm. And so when you check in, they, are you counting district two or you district three? Mm-hmm. And then, and then because, because it's, there is a, a point in the meeting where you vote for delegates for each district. Mm-hmm. So only district two can vote for two. In district. So then right. they're segregated. So that's, that's part of the check-in process too. So, um, so, uh, so that all goes by the Everyone's books. Now checked in, right? And, uh, but the, but the other thing is, is that's really where it ends. Okay. The, the caucuses are kind of a standalone, uh, uh, body okay there even though the central committee or the county you know Republicans or whatever they start the the, the caucus mm-hmm. once the caucus has started it makes its own rules it uh establishes its own um way it wants to uh, uh you know select delegates but there is a there is an agenda and there's an order of, of business and the the person that starts this uh this proceeding is called the temporary chair. And it's typically the chairman of the the county Republican committee. In this case, it was a man named uh, Eugene dokes mm-hmm. So he starts the meeting, and and he's supposed to do the uh, invocation and a pledge of allegiance. And then his first order of business is to conduct an election uh, for the permanent chair. And then the, then that new, that new chairperson takes over, and, and they and, run an the election for secretary, and then they appoint. Uh, a credentials committee and a rules committee and they appoint a parliamentarian
2: and, and brent and then, let me just just to help explain this so we we get that new uh, permanent chair it's a permanent chair for the caucus and that uh, that particular meeting and that chair is then going to follow the roberts rules of orders that are supposed to apply to this caucus and basically take us through the selection of delegates uh, from st. charles county that will then go on to district conventions and the state convention and the national convention and so forth but any rules right. that that are to be set up above and beyond it, like, for example, uh, no recording devices. That would be something that somebody could pass a motion uh, at, at the caucus and folks would decide uh, they would uh, debate it, vote on it, and so forth, whether there should be cameras, videos allowed. But before you even got to the uh uh the the permanent chair, and before that was even voted on uh the the temporary chair Eugene dokes just announced uh, told everyone to turn off their devices their their recording devices is that right sure so
1: yeah they this this committee the the, the county committee had created a subcommittee of mm-hmm. people to you know organize talks, and the subcommittee came up with their their little things that they thought they would want to see happen and uh, one of those is that they didn't want any, any cameras. Mm-hmm. Okay. And another thing that they had decided, and, and, uh, this gets, this becomes, uh, important a little bit later on, but they had decided that, um they thought, because in 2008, uh, at the, the, the uh, county caucus, uh, it wasn't as huge and big of a deal because back then, uh, we'd had a primary and people, and then you're just select, selecting delegates to go to conventions. It's not, you know, so the Ron Paul supporters had, um, gone to that caucus and had a majority mm-hmm. in, the, in all of the delegates like, you know, spots in 2008. And there were a lot of people, they were mad about it. So they didn't want to see that happen again. So they decided that they would, um, that they would want to see it where the delegates were divvied up by what supporters came out that day. And they took a straw poll as you were entering mm-hmm. to uh, that, that they were going to use to try to say, okay, you know, this guy got so much percent, so he gets this percent of delegates, et cetera. So those are these kinds of things that this little subcommittee had come up with. So, so now we're into the caucus. So the temporary chair, Eugene Dope, gets up, and he, the first thing he tries to do is enforce this arbitrary rule that they'd come up with of, you know, you can't have any uh, any recording devices. So he immediately... You know, looks around. There's a guy there. The only guy had a tripod. He had Mm -hmm. his camera on a tripod, Uh, so he he was obviously an easy target. So he basically singled that guy out to make an example out of him. And at one point later on, he told me he was going to find somebody to make an example of and and making more examples if he needed to. But anyway, so he told this guy to turn off his camera. And then uh, the guy's like, "What about transparency?" And and they. He kind of threatened him again, and then the, then that kind of got the crowd a little riled up because they're like, okay, what's going on here? Why don't they want us to film anything? And uh, when the guy uh, refused, uh, then um, they had a couple of, uh, off-duty police officers in uniform uh, had, who had approached him. Um, he he was refusing, and the crowd was getting kind of loud and you know um, uh, you know supporting mm-hmm. you know, having cameras, and and so they kind of backed off. I'm sitting, I'm at the floor, on the floor right now, I'm trying to make uh, a point of order, because I knew the first thing we could do as soon as Eugene started the meeting was we could make a point of order and, uh, uh, and, and take a vote on it. And that's what we, everyone wanted to do, right there. Let's take a vote. Okay. And what did, and what so did you want?
2: And, and Brent, and I don't want to get too far into the weeds here because I want to bring in uh, uh, Lori Bone in a moment. But uh, you wanted to make a point of order. What, what were you trying? What were you hoping to do? What were you hoping to get them to vote on uh, before well, things just I devolved?
1: Is, all we had to do was take a quick vote on on the camera issue, mm-hmm. and then and everyone, and then we literally resolved one way or another, real, real quickly and easily. Um, we didn't, but instead they brought in, uh, a, a ton of police to try to, uh, impose this arbitrary rule.
2: Which is, now, um, which if is... Gonna,
1: if you're gonna have her on, I wanna hurry up and get through the, the next part, uh, that, that, that's really where things started to get out of control. Uh, so things had calmed down, and, uh, the guy had actually turned off his camera now. Um other people, of course, were still using theirs, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but the police were, they were, they're hunting for you if you were looking, you know, using your camera. So Eugene Dokes tries to start the meeting again. He does pledge allegiance. He does the um, invocation. Now he starts appointing these committees and a parliamentarian, which is not his role. His role is... To just do the election for the permanent chair, so people are getting upset about that because they know that's not right. So he's not, and
2: and, and let me—I'm trying to move this forward, Brent, quickly because there's a lot of uh, ground I want to cover. But he's trying to do the job that should have been the permanent chair's job, and you guys haven't even had an election for permanent chair for permanent chair. In other words, this is the uh, central committee of the Republican Party of St. Charles County, Missouri, essentially trying to hijack this meeting to put their own people in charge to do what it is they want to do. Rather than uh, following the rules of the caucus and uh, and and going along with the majority of the people who might want to vote on the on the permanent caucus and then on all of these other rules before they select delegates and so forth, right? Right,
1: right. So he does that. So now people are upset. Now he gets says, "I'm going to open the floor for nominations." Now I've been waiting all, you know, (laughs) frankly, months for this. Second, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the floor, and I immediately start nominating myself. Okay, other people around me start nominating me. Uh, and, and eventually, the entire—well, I mean, I keep saying entire—but eventually, the gymnasium erupts and chants of my name, trying to nominate me.
2: Right. And
1: he recognizes a uh, one woman who makes a motion uh, for a uh, guy to be the chair, and he says, "I make, I'm, you know." I move, to, I nominate uh, Matt Ellen for chair, move to close nominations. And then he says, all in favor, aye, all opposed, no. And then, you know, and then he says, okay, the eyes have it. Well, now this has been a total railroad job because the rules are, is you take nominations till nobody else wants to nominate anyone. And you don't have to be recognized by the chair or have a second to make a nomination. And they it was did. copy obvious to everyone there. That, I mean, there was, you have to be deaf. <laughs> uh, not to know that I was being nominated,
2: and indeed there were when he said, uh, uh, "You know, the, the eyes have it." After having taken this vote, you could hear that many more people voted no. And after he says, "The eyes have it," without even opening the nominating procedure, people start yelling, "Division! Division!" Which means, yeah, in parliamentary uh, procedure and Roberts' rules of order, you're supposed to stop. It's a non-debatable, uh, non-amendable process that must stop immediately, and a proper vote must be held. By a show of hands or by people rising or so forth And Brent, hold your story there Because uh, we're going to come back around We're going to come back around to your arrest out in the parking lot But I want to hold it there Because we saw a very similar thing happen one week earlier on Saturday in, uh, In Athens, Georgia Which is Clark County, Georgia Uh, it was the nominating, the county nominating convention in Clark County, Georgia, where they also had had problems years earlier, uh, mistreating, uh, some of the, uh, some of the Ron Paul folks. And I think we have an audio clip of what happened, uh, one year earlier when Sue Everhart, the state party chair, actually came out in 2010, uh, or or I think it was 2011, if I'm not mistaken, and apologized. For what happened back in uh, back in 2008, how the Republicans had treated the Ron Paul folks at, at that time.
0: So I apologize to the gentleman here for some actions that happened at the convention and away with the. Um Against the Ron Paul people, maybe we weren't always in agreement with everything, but they did
4: get some pretty shoddy treatment at that convention, and I apologize publicly
2: so she apologized publicly the state party chair in Georgia and now let's move the clock forward to a week ago saturday in uh, in Athens Clark County once again Clark County Georgia the uh, GOP nominating uh, a delegate nominating convention uh, and once again what you heard what what Brent Stafford just explained happened in Missouri you saw an almost identical scene playing out in Athens Clark County Georgia a, a smaller scene there was there's only about 50 or so people there versus several thousand in Missouri. But uh, here's what happened when the chair tried to ram through the slate of delegates in Clark County, Georgia.
1: Uh, at this time, we will have the reading uh, from the nominations committee. Marvin Brown and James
3: Garland. I move the slate be accepted? Second. Second. i Division, uh,
5: division. Division.
2: Uh,
0: division. The, uh, division! Division! Division!
1: Division! 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 I call the question uh, the chair. Second. I an appeal from the citizens. you have the chair. Second. I not want the business to discuss the uh, conventions now closed. Division! Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, Can you count uh, the, the, the odds? The, the, the list is uh, present at this time. And you are jeopardizing all the delegates from this
2: precinct. So they just... Closed the convention with people yelling division, asking for a vote. They just announced, "Oh, that's it. The slate of delegates. That's that's that." And we're closing the entire convention. If anybody has a problem, go talk to the secretary of the party. That woman you heard speaking uh, on that tape was Lori Bone. She uh, teaches elementary school uh, special education down there in Clark County, Georgia. She now joins us uh, to explain what happened after that clip uh, in in Clark County, Georgia. Lori Bone, welcome to KPFK's The Bradcast. Hi, Brad. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Sure. Uh, Thanks for for being on. And and for folks who want to see the the rest of that video, you can check it out at bradblog.com, Lori. uh, As you tried then uh, to get some justice, uh, explain quickly what happened uh, down there uh, after they shut down the meeting with everybody uh, yelling, holy hell there.
0: Well, the next thing in the video, um, the chairman, Matt Brewster, he refers us to a gentleman named John Paget, who happens to be the secretary of our state DOP um, and refers us to him for questions. Um, and if you look at the end of the tape, you'll see Mr. Padgett, uh, um putting on his jacket and getting ready to leave as Matt is making that announcement.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so we followed him and tried to get some answers. And received some very smug treatment and just the audacity of what those officials did. Um, We had a tripod set up also. It wasn't like it was a hidden camera. It was a tripod set Mm -hmm. up in the back of the room with a cameraman running it. And they obviously felt like they were above reproach.
2: So. Yeah, and they would not answer your questions. They shut down the entire thing. You then gathered the, uh, the delegates who were there to support Ron Paul, who seemed to be, uh, if not a majority, uh, perhaps damn near a majority. There were certainly enough of them there uh, that those calls for division, uh, had people actually voted, it might, made, might have made a difference. But they completely ignored you. So you gathered those delegates together uh, and started taking testimony, putting it on video. Uh, we've got just a couple of seconds from that uh, clip number six, uh, G. These are folks uh, afterwards, uh, some of the people who had come by putting their testimony out about what had happened at this delegate convention.
5: You can
0: see we had the numbers, and they knew we had the numbers. They could not have even closed the discussion because it was a, we, they needed a two-thirds majority, and they didn't have it.
4: And so I'm thoroughly disgusted. This was my first time
2: uh, participating in the process, and I feel... Uh, Pretty much just violated. Uh, That doesn't feel like democracy to me. This doesn't feel like democracy to me. And there's about 20 different folks who give that uh, similar uh, testimony that you guys recorded and you put on uh, tape. Uh, Lori Bone, when you watched what happened uh, uh, one week later in St. Charles, I presume you you saw uh, saw at least some of that video. That must have looked pretty familiar to you at, at that point.
0: Yes, sir, it did. And, um, you know, at, at our particular meeting, we, there were 36 delegates and one alternate, so 37 people that could vote, and of those, 25 were confirmed Ron Paul people. So we definitely had a majority. We had a precinct meeting before this, so they, they knew we were in the majority. Um, what they did was obviously planned. And, of course, when we saw Missouri, we were proud of them for um, taping and getting it all out there because um, that was kind of the reason that we taped and put it up was, to let other um, people who are going to be attending these meetings know that there might be
2: some shenanigans. So, so much of this, uh, and, and it's not just those two counties. Uh, we also saw other counties in Missouri where something like this has uh, has happened. Uh, Brent Stafford, uh, you were in St. Charles County, Missouri. Uh, do you get the sense at looking at, at what happened in, in Georgia and at your own caucuses and elsewhere? Is this a centralized plan by the republican party to essentially railroad uh ron paul people as you see it
1: i think it's i don't know if it's centralized i, I it, it's definitely uh pretty typical i mean we've been watching it all you know this entire time and we experienced things like this uh in, in 2008 so none of it's new or shocking which is one of the reasons we were so adamant that we were going to uh, you know, record this and so adamant that we knew the rules. I mean, I, I conducted, uh, caucus training for a couple of months and I, I trained, you know, probably six, seven hundred people at least, um, in the St. Louis area on the caucuses and what to expect and how to, how to, uh, you know, how to, you know, do a caucus. So. Yeah, we, we kind of expected it. We didn't expect it to go the, quite the way it did, and I certainly didn't expect the end result of my data <laughs> the way
2: it was. Right. Well, And we're going to get to the way uh, your way uh, your day ended there in a moment. Can you guys, both Brent Stafford and Lori Bone, can you guys uh, stick around for a minute? i got to take a quick break, but I want to come back and sure. talk about, uh, Brent, about your arrest and uh, the bigger picture and the reason, frankly, that I'm interested in this topic, because between what happened to you guys, between what... The- the Republican Party seems to be doing to their very own people undermining their own voters their own Republican voters uh matched with what Republicans are doing around the country to pass uh, photo ID restrictions on voters that they know are going to affect democratic voters disproportionately uh I have come to the conclusion that uh the GOP uh, at least the GOP establishment kind of hates Democracy, And I want to get the opinion of both of you guys, both Ron Paul supporters, uh, both Republicans, uh, after we uh, take this quick break. You're listening to Brad Friedman of bradblog.com on The Bradcast right here on KPFK.
4: What is wrong? And the evidence is clear. I am not alone.
2: No, you certainly won't. Going to take a quick break here, and we're back with Brent Stafford and Lori Bone right here on KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. Stay with us. You won't go
3: The arts and culture event All In for the 99% will occupy 440 South La Brea Avenue on Saturday, March 31st from 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Featuring works from over 100 of the nation's most revolutionary artists. Readings curated by Sleek Magazine. DJ sets from L.A.'s best. Van Jones will talk on how to rebuild the American dream. Actor Val Kilmer will read from his newest one-man show on Mark Twain and a bird's-eye photo of people forming the 99%. The gallery event is open to the public without charge, 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Saturday, March 31st. KPFK will be there with a recording booth to capture your reflections and ideas. That's Saturday, March 31st from 10.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. More information available at kpfk.org. KPFK is a proud media sponsor of All In for the 99%. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights. Get up, stand up, stand up for your rights.
2: Standing up for their rights. Brent Stafford in St. Charles County, Missouri. Lori Bone in Clark County, Georgia. Republican uh, supporters of Ron Paul, both and both. I would say victims of the uh, GOP party establishment who attempted uh, successfully, in fact, to shut out their voices over the past uh, two weeks. Last Saturday in uh, in Missouri, in Brent Stafford's case; the week earlier uh, in Clark County, Georgia, in the case of Lori Bone. Uh, Pretty incredible. Um, And uh, well, let me get. Oh, and by the way, you can uh, you can tweet us. uh, You can tweet me at the Brad Blog if you have any thoughts. Don't know if we can get to the phones or not, but, but let's try to open them up here real quick. 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. If you have a question for, uh, for Brent or Lori or for me or a comment on, uh, all of this, uh, all of this fine mess, uh, Brent, uh, after this, uh caucus shut down in St. Charles County, Missouri after near riots broke out after uh state police were called in. Uh the, the convention was shut down before any vote for delegates were held and uh you tried to regather folks in the parking lot uh because I guess you were contending that in fact the the caucus had not been properly shut down and you were trying to reconvene it out there in the parking lot. Is that what happened, Brent?
1: Yeah, pretty much. What happened was as soon as they uh the guy who was improperly elected took the podium, he tried to regain order and no one rec- wanted to recognize him as being legitimate, so they weren't coming back to order. So he basically before, you know, no business was done. He went ahead and, and did a hasty, you know, uh, motion to adjourn. I you know, you know, you know, you you know, in favor, you know, opposed. Okay, it's adjourned. Uh the thing is, is if, if you adjourn without conducting the business of the day, you have to have a two-thirds. And there, obviously that wasn't the case. I actually tried to reconvene the meeting in the gymnasium, and, and the temporary chair, Eugene Doakes, uh, yanked the uh, cord out of the wall so I couldn't address the, uh, the body. And then the police um, actually told everyone they had to leave or they'd be arrested. They had to leave the building. So everyone went outside. As soon as I get outside, people see me. And they come up. And he so said, we're going to go to this nearby park to reconvene the meeting. And I told him, you can't do that because the meeting can only be held, um, where at the location called a caucus, which is this high school, but it didn't say in the gymnasium or some room. So we were still, uh, you know, we could still hold it outside and we'd be okay. Um, but it was going to be, it was, it was going to be, you know, crazy. But I, so I went and I stepped on a chair. I found the biggest crowd of people so I could dress the most people at once and, and I got up on the chair and I started telling them that, you know, why the meeting was improper and we were going to try to re- them or, uh, reconvene the meeting. And, uh, we needed to start establishing a roster before we could do anything. And while I was explaining to them what I needed for, uh, so we could start, um, compiling a roster. And oh, and by the way, I'd actually hired the uh, president of the Missouri uh, Association of Parliamentarians, uh, to be my parliamentarian for the day. So I had her there to make sure we were doing everything by the book. And uh, and while I was trying to uh, you know establish roster and 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 try to reconvene uh, the caucus, uh, the police came up and and they arrested me.
2: They arrested you. And when they arrested you, Brent, uh, and you can see video of this. And when I said earlier you were doing nothing, I mean, you you weren't causing a, a a problem. They hadn't announced this to be an illegal gathering, as far as I know, an illegal assembly out there. So what did they tell you? Why did they tell you at the time they arrested you and handcuffed you? Why did they t- what 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 did what reason did they give for your arrest?
1: They said they would tell me later
2: <laughs> they said they would t- so uh, whose orders were they following when you were arrested in the parking lot uh, a public this is a public meeting right uh it's a private event in that it's the caucus, but it's a public meeting it's open to the public uh and here you are out in the parking lot uh i, I I'm so we just weren't in the parking lot we were uh on the sidewalk in the grass uh-huh. um,
1: you know, between the curb and, and, and the building. So we weren't standing in, in, in the parking lot or in or in traffic's way. We were mm-hmm. we were all up off, out you know, up off the curb between the curb and, and the side of the building.
2: And, and there was, I don't know, from the video it looks like there's at least another, uh, 50 or 60 people out there that you were talking to. Were they yeah, arrested? Probably four or five hundred. Four or five hundred. Okay. Were they arrested? Cause they were in the same place. They were trespassing in the same place that you were, uh, Brent. Were they arrested?
1: No, after they took me to the, uh, to the police van slash paddy wagon, put me in there, then they, uh, uh formed a police line. Uh, and there was four or five different municipalities. And there was a helicopter flying overhead, and they formed a police line, and, and, and then along with a uh, motorcycle with, a, a blaring a screeching siren, they basically um, marched uh, forward and pushed everyone um, out of the, you know, off the high school property. They they, they just kept going to every single car had been gone, and then finally they transferred me to a, a squad car and took me to the police station.
2: And then later on discovered, oh, it was trespassing. That's why we ar- arrested him. Lori Bone, were you threatened with arrest out in uh, Clark County, Georgia, when, uh, when you dared to speak up and ask why they had uh, shut down your delegate convention, choosing their own uh, uh, delegates without a, a proper vote of the people?
0: No, we weren't threatened with arrest. They ran away too
2: quick to arrest us, so... Uh... they just ran away
0: yeah they just left they all just left their coats were on and they were out the door
2: and what uh, what has come of this? I know that the uh, the, the party chair has said, uh, oh, send it to me. Send me your complaint in writing. Well, you've got a slate of delegates from Clark County, Georgia, that don't appear to have been uh, properly elected. I don't want to say legally, because I don't know if there's, this is a legal issue or not. But they haven't been properly uh, selected by the county. Uh, w- what will happen, Lori? Will you reconvene this convention, or are those uh, improperly elected delegates going to be going on to the to the district and state convention now?
0: We have reconvened the convention. Um, we did it actually the next day, um, under what we thought would follow Roberts' rules of order. Um, we sent it in to the state. Actually, at our convention, we were electing people for district and state conventions. Mm-hmm. It a little different in Georgia. Um, we sent in all of our slate along with the complaint letter. That has to go to the county level first, and have yet to hear back. Um, they're not returning any of our phone calls, emails. Um, In the meantime, we're pursuing other avenues, which I'd rather not discuss, and um, (laughs) we are on it. But um, we will be pursuing this as far as we can take it.
2: So we may see a contested election just at the uh, district or state uh, level in Georgia with uh, two competing slates of delegates in a couple of weeks.
0: Yes, sir, and I don't see how they could possibly justify not throwing out the slate that was passed at the county.
2: Uh, I don't see
0: how they could have any grounds for that.
2: Uh, original slate. Oh, it's going to is going to get exciting, Lori. Uh, Brent, uh, what are <laughs> what are your plans uh, for the St. Charles County? You guys don't have any delegates. This whole thing was well, shut down before you even selected any delegates.
1: Well, the, the, this has obviously been a, um, a huge uh, black eye for the state GOP, and, and uh, well, I mean, the state GOP is only getting a black eye, but it was the county GOP that gave it to them. So at this point, they're talking about having to reconvene a new caucus. Uh, they're supposed to talk to representatives from the various uh, presidential candidates to figure out what to do. Uh, nothing's been decided yet. The problem is, is, uh, if they still require the 15-day notice that, uh, that they, you know, normally would have to have, then there's only one, one, uh, particular date that they can actually hold it because we have the, uh, congressional conventions coming up on april 21st so it looks like you know uh they've got to try to you know hurry and and set something up and you understand too that, that the super committee the in the county took months and months and months to prepare for this thing now they got basically two weeks to try to to do it all over again but uh i think the feeling from all uh the campaigns or at least you know a couple of them is uh they don't want anyone from this uh, State Charles County Central Committee involved because what happened, what came out later, and which is, I, I knew it, I knew what was going on. Everybody in the room knows what was going on, but you, you know, you, you got to be careful what you what you, you accuse someone of. But they basically came out and admitted that they had decided that they were going to uh, make the delegates be bound to the straw poll, and that they were going to not allow any any participation from the body and, and until they had made that happen. And that's why they were ignoring the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, you know, points of order and motions and everything because they had, they wanted to ramrod their agenda through and, uh, the, the chairman of the St. Charles County, uh, Central Committee basically said that they wanted to ensure that, that, that all the, all the, you know, candidates got some kind of representation and that one, Candidate wouldn't take all the delegates.
2: Well, that's listen. That was their, that, that was their goal. That's not and, how. That's not how uh, you know democracy works. And uh, it, this was incredible to me. John Bennett of the St. Charles County Republican Central Committee told KMOX Radio out there in St. Louis that quote talking about you guys they're crying foul now saying they were shut out of the process but the fact of the matter is they were beaten at their own game they got shut out of being able to shut everyone else out of the process well, if you guys, the Paul supporters were going to be working with the Romney folks as reported uh, to basically uh, shut out uh, Santorum uh, folks who, I guess Rick Santorum won the, uh, the beauty contest primary a few weeks earlier in February up there that's the way a caucus works. People band together. Uh, that's the way democracy works. People band together, uh, build coalitions, and vote for who they like. Listen, I gotta get to well, one, one, yeah, go ahead, very quickly. I, I need to get well, to well, a. Well,
1: I was just gonna say, our goal wasn't to shut out the, the Santorum people. In fact, our goal was, was to take all the delegates from all. That's the goal of everybody there, to take the delegates from Of course. Them. We had, we, early in the day, we had the majority in the room. And we felt confident until up about a half an hour before the caucus was supposed to start at 10. It didn't actually start till 11. Uh, but it was supposed to start at 10. And about a quarter to 10, uh, I, I, I knew, I mean, the last half hour there was a massive influx of Romney supporters. So at that point, I wasn't confident of, of our numbers anymore. So uh, we did make a, an arrangement with the, the, the Romney people that they would support me to be the chairman. I would have one mm-hmm. other people secretary, and we'd put different people from the different sides on on these committees. Well,
2: well and Brent, um, that's how the, that's how this is supposed to work. There's there's right. deal making.
1: A, a goal to shut anybody out. It no, was just, you exactly. know, we were trying to make sure we got. Something.
2: And that's the way it works. And anybody who's watched Survivor knows that's the way a caucus is supposed to work. And you don't break the rules because you don't have the majority. Which brings me, well, before I go to my next point here, and we've only got a minute or two before i got to let you guys go, but uh, on the Twitters, uh, Mike Tango Romeo writes me uh, at the Brad blog on Twitter to say, please don't insinuate that the situation was near riot. That is exactly the false smear. The anti-Paul people Love to pitch. Well, uh, I think he's, he's, he's right and he's wrong there. Uh, it wasn't, uh, Ron Paul folks who were rioting. It was Ron Paul folks who were standing up for themselves, for their rights, and police called in to apparently shut them down. That's why I say it wasn't a riot, but it, it could have been a near riot. Obviously, you guys were very well behaved. You were just standing up for your rights. Well, David, uh, anything, yeah. you
1: know, most of people were, were, they're not even using their voices. Yeah. But if you watch the videos, everyone is sitting down. Well, or, I mean, some people would stand up, but the the, the bulk of people who are sitting in their seats. They might have been yelling out their satisfaction. But, uh, they were sitting in
2: their seats, now, I, you know? D- David P.A. Williams on uh, Twitter writes to me at the Brad Blog and says that Ron Paul is getting, quote, the black treatment in the Republican Party. This brings me to my larger point, point. I'll take this to, uh, to Lori Bone. Um, uh, we have seen problems, uh, with these caucuses all over the country. We saw, uh, up in Maine uh, just a couple weeks ago, the, uh, chair of the uh, the head of the Republican state party up there in Maine, Charlie Webster, came out and announced Mitt Romney the winner by 194 votes in the state before two entire counties had even held their caucuses. Between what you saw up in Maine, what you see in Georgia, what you see out in uh, Missouri, and what we are now seeing across the country from Republican legislatures trying to keep people from being able to cast their legal vote claiming Voter fraud is going on with no evidence of voter fraud at the polling place, requiring people to show photo IDs. Uh, my contention is that the GOP hates democracy. They hate it when they don't have the majority uh, against Democrats. They hate it when they don't have the majority within their own party uh, to shut out uh, uh, Ron Paul. Uh, I realize that's a hot contention, Lori Bone, but what do you think of that uh, of that suggestion?
0: well i I think uh you know you know i th- I see it's emblematic of a deeper problem you know in both parties uh and in government in general and in power structures in general, they see the will of the people as an assault against the power structure um, as democracy or a republican form of government or a representative form of government they see that as an assault against their power structure that they've set up, and the people who are who are supporting dr paul and People who are coming up to these out to these conventions and caucuses, we see that as a remedy for the corruption that we think is inherent in the system right now. Um, obviously, that's a widespread belief by most of the people in the country, given the Congress's approval rating. And so, you know, if we don't have the remedy for the corruption when we see something wrong, there are major problems in this country. I, I would I think people need to pick it up and and. And that's my answer about democracy.
2: And I would suggest democracy is the remedy. And when that is undermined, then the remedy has disappeared. Uh, Brent, let me give you, I've only got about 15 seconds. I know that's a big question to answer in 15 seconds. But uh, but give it the old St. Louis try, if you don't mind, Brent.
1: Well, yeah, they, the GOP, um, they, they've they got their establishment people. The, 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 the way things work is that people donate and they get their favors. And, and Ron Paul's famous for... That not that kind of thing not working, you know. So uh, they don't they don't they can't buy their influence with him, and I think that's a big part of the uh, the reason that the, the the establishment doesn't like him.
2: Brent Stafford of St. Charles, Missouri. Uh, Brent, is there a place that uh, folks can go to get more information on uh, the work that you're doing out there for Ron Paul in uh, in Missouri?
1: Yeah, there's a St Charles County a Facebook group and I uh, I've been trying to keep people updated on the Daily Poll, what's going on with all of this stuff and uh, and one this thing, if if you haven't gone to your your caucuses yet or you've got conventions coming up, take your cameras because at this point I think they'll be very hesitant to try to try to make you turn them off. And document
2: the fraud. Document everything. Lori Bone, where can people find uh, follow you and what may be happening at the upcoming uh, district and state conventions down there in Clark County, Georgia?
0: Um, yes. Uh, we have our Athens for Ron Paul Facebook page also. Um, and uh, we try and update daily on other sites. That. Keep following us. And we need your support because the people we're appealing this to are the people who were in that meeting. Lori so- long road ahead
2: it is indeed uh keep up the good fight uh for frankly all of us whether you support ron paul or not hopefully you support uh democracy and the right of the people to be heard lori bone and brent stafford thanks very much for your time this afternoon keep up the good fight
1: thanks Thank
2: you. okay it's not easy being green see this is going to be our segue <laughs> you in with so many other and ordinary things. And for
4: something completely different.
2: Well done, Friends yes. People, and, and no, we're not going to be talking about the Green Party. We're actually, uh, that music can mean only one thing, and we've got just a few minutes for her, but that'll be minutes enough for the lovely Desi Doyen, my uh, producer of the cast here, my co-host on the Green News Report, which uh, needs to get in here today, needs to get in every week, because this stuff is just not covered. So we're changing quickly Changing gears quickly to get this in in time.
4: Indeed, we are.
2: Okay. From
4: Uh, democracy to energy.
2: From democracy to energy. Oh, it's all the same thing. All right. In
4: the end, kind of, yeah, it is. It
2: it is indeed. All right, this is our latest Green News report heard on fine progressive radio stations around this nation, including right here on KPFK. Our latest Green News report, and then we'll be back back for a minute or two uh, with Desi Doyen. If some of these folks were around when Columbus set sail...
5: They would not
4: have believed that the world was round. Obama mocks Republican clean energy obstructionists. It's the official start of spring, but it's already summer in the U.S., meaning more sex for pine beetles. Huh? Yep. The electric highway opens in Oregon... Plus,
1: I thought it must be true until I found out what it cost.
4: Oil Senator James Inhofe reveals the real reason he's a climate change denier.
2: All of that and more straight ahead from Bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
5: A regulator would have shut down the Wright brothers for their dust pollution. And the government would have banned Thomas Edison's
2: light bulb. Oh yeah, they just did. Oh yeah, no they didn't. Of course you couldn't be expected to know that Mitt Romney, you're only running for President of the United States. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Des, it's the first day of spring.
3: <laughs> yes, it is. And
2: yet, in a lot of the country, especially in the Midwest, it feels like the middle of summer. We are looking at seven straight days of 80-plus degree weather in my old hometown of St. Louis, where there used to be snow on the ground this time of year, and where they are heading to the polls this week in Illinois.
4: Yeah, we're going to have more on that in a moment. But first, an expert on Thomas Edison has slammed Mitt Romney for those statements he made about Thomas Edison and his campaign speech. at the University of Chicago on Monday. Of course, neither of Romney's statements about the Wright brothers or light bulbs remotely resemble the truth. There are no regulations of crop dust, and of course, Edison's incandescent light bulbs have not been banned. (laughs) They've just been upgraded so they don't waste so much energy. You mean
2: the front runner for the president of the United States is simply making things up?
4: Pretty much like the rest of the Republican Party. The Washington Post reports the director of the Thomas Edison collection at Rutgers University says that... Actually, new government regulations were what spurred his development of the incandescent light bulb. Go figure. President Obama mocked that anti-innovation stance by the Republican presidential candidates at a speech last week in Maryland. They dismiss
3: solar power. They make jokes about biofuels. They were against raising fuel standards. I guess they like gas guzzlers. They think that's good for our future.
2: They they, they probably would have agreed with one of the pioneers of the radio who said... uh, Television won't last. It's a flash in the pan.
4: And indeed, energy innovation in America is ramping up in spite of that obstructionism. Over the weekend, the first leg of the West Coast Electric Highway has opened in southern Oregon. The Electric Highway has fast-charging battery stations for electric vehicles every 25 miles. And within the next five years, will extend along the entire 1,600-mile length of Interstate 5 from the Canadian to the Mexican border.
2: And yet, I still don't have an electric car. What the?
4: Tuesday, March 20th marks the spring equinox, the official astronomical beginning of spring and coincidentally also is the GOP primary in Illinois, which is currently in the grip of the freakish March heat wave that is smashing long-standing records across the eastern half of the nation. O'Hare Airport is seeing a record seventh straight day of 80 degree temperatures, which has never happened before in March. Dr. Jeff Masters of Weather Underground says this mutant heat wave is shaping up to be one of the most extreme heat events in U.S. history.
2: And also one of the most ignored issues in that GOP primary in Illinois.
4: The heat wave is part of a long-term trend that climate scientists have warned for decades would lead to more extreme weather like unusual heat waves. The trend toward warmer winters is also having the effect of increasing the population of destructive pine beetles that have infested and killed millions of trees across vast stretches of forests in North America. Researchers in the Rocky Mountains recently documented that warmer winters are enabling pine beetles to reproduce more rapidly, now with two generations in a single season instead of just
2: one. And if you drive through, as we do, uh, Interstate 70 through Colorado, where it used to be beautiful green pine trees, you see vast swaths of dead pines as far as the eye can see that the pine beetle has just destroyed up there.
4: Finally, Senator James Inhofe, Republican of Oklahoma, who calls the science of global warming a worldwide hoax and conspiracy, accidentally revealed the real reason he's a climate change denier in an interview last week with Rachel Maddow. Hint. It's not because of the science.
5: Do you realize
1: I was actually on your side of this issue when I was chairing that committee and I first heard about this? I thought it must be true until I found out what it cost.
2: So he believed in the science until he found out how much it would cost to do something about it.
4: And how much it would cost his campaign donors. Got it. And just for the record, Senator Inhofe's primary campaign donors are the oil and gas
2: industry. Who'd thunk it? You can read about all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today at our website, greennews.bradblog.com. You can download us anytime via iTunes. You can listen to us on your mobile device via Stitcher. And you can follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyle. And this has been your Green News Report. Oh, yeah. It's all about the Benjamins, ain't it, Desi Doyle? It certainly is. It always is. Uh, so now we know why James Inhofe uh, is a denier. Because
4: it ain't the science, it's the money.
2: It's the money. Uh, Okay, we've got just a minute or so to wrap up here. Desi Doyne, uh, what do we have to look forward to in tomorrow's Green News Report, which folks can uh, find at the iTunes, at the HuffPo, at the uh, greennews.bradblog.com, etc.
4: Yes, well, this week, uh, Obama, President Obama, has begun his energy tour. He's going to do a four-day swing through some swing states that will be important in the presidential election in November. And he's visiting a couple of different energy facilities. He's uh, visited the largest solar plant facility in the United States currently. It's at Boulder City, Nevada. Today, he's going to be in New Mexico tomorrow for another solar facility. And then he's going to go to Cushing, Oklahoma, to announce that he is going to fast track the southern leg of the Keystone XL pipeline. The reason this one doesn't require presidential or State Department approval is because it doesn't cross an international border. So this one, he can go ahead and and get that one approved, and that's going to start Construction in June because it right now that terminates in Cushing, Oklahoma. Well, There's this whole big oil glut, so they're
2: going to go ahead and build that. Republicans section. will be happy about that. Will environmentalists?
4: Uh, actually, Republicans ain't so happy about it. They say oh, it's meaningless. It doesn't mean anything that he's doing this.
2: <laughs> so he's actually building part of this.
4: The thing that they wanted, and they say it's not good
2: enough. But that's not good enough. No. Desi Doyen, well done. Thank you very much. That's our producer Desi Doyan. My thanks to you. My thanks also today to Margot Paez, our associate producer, and to G, our soundboard operator Uh, coming up next on John Wiener's four o'clock report Were Republicans always this crazy Rick Perlstein of Rolling Stone will join John and answer that question Uh, we'll leave these uh, last two words last couple of words here from Victor Rocco who writes me on the Twitters at the Brad blog he says sometimes I wonder if we ever had a democracy in this country at all Good question. The Ron Paul folks will tell you, no, it's a republic. Ignore that. Also, uh, uh, because, you know what, tell the people in St. Charles it's not a democracy. Uh, And finally he ends, hey, Democratic and Republican voters, you don't owe your politicians anything. They are supposed to serve you. Well done, Victor. I'm Brad Friedman. Until next week, when we'll be back with the Bradcast, you can find me at bradblog.com
5: we